1: Hello and welcome to Enlightened Empaths, your community for the spiritually awakened, where we discuss, explore, and connect with fellow empaths, healers, intuitives, and seekers. Hello, empaths. We hope your month is going great and you're not too busy or stressed out by all the holiday stuff going on. We are sharing with you all some wonderful questions and stories you guys have sent in to us for our monthly Community Connections show. And our first one is a dream story and it starts off, I thought this might be a fun dream encounter to share on your next community show, especially since Samantha loves dreams. I think my dreams speak to manifesting what we want, especially when it comes to romantic partnerships. It's no coincidence I had this dream after having a session with Denise the week prior where we discussed this topic at length regarding an apparent romance headed my way that frankly can't get here soon enough. In the dream world, I met this beautiful woman who approached me, and we randomly began discussing what we were looking for in our next partner. With great confidence, she threw her head back and said, I'm manifesting a man who will find me desirable and sexy when I clean the house with an apron on and nothing else. I was gobsmacked at her honesty. Was I supposed to follow up with something on par? I had no idea. With that, we said our goodbyes and she walked away. It sounds silly, but I actually think there was a lesson she was showing me regarding specificity in manifesting romantic relationships. If there is something physically or intimately that is important to you, make sure to include that in your envisioning of this new relationship. For her, it's being desired while cleaning the house with nothing on but an apron, to which I say, more power to you, girl, and whoever the lucky man is that meets her. I wish them many happy days together of, well, joyful cleaning. I just loved her confidence in how empowered she was and how empowering it can be to get that specific. Well, that's a great dream experience to have. It's funny. And it does have a lesson to it because yeah, when we're manifesting, you do want to be specific. You don't want to be so specific. Like I'm manifesting a person who lives on one, two, three main street and drives this car and works here, you know, but you do want to be specific in terms of what your unique needs are. And so that's why writing a list down can be really, really helpful when you're manifesting, you know, my new love is colon, and then write your list of the needs and requests that you have and just put it out there. And it's amazing what the universe will provide for you when you write it down and make it happen.
0: That's true. And this is the time of the year of new goals and vision boards. And I don't know about you, but dreams have been pretty active the last couple of weeks, like a lot A lot of dreams coming in. And I'm sure there's an astrological reference for that, that someone that's listening would know. But for me, it's like, oh, I'm dreaming a lot. Better write that down. But the other thing that I'm getting from this is the the fact, the, um, the vulnerability of being naked and really letting someone see who you are, just wearing the apron. And I think that that is the benchmark of a healthy relationship is to feel so comfortable with yourself. That And I think that's a wonderful thing to add if you are trying to manifest a partner is, can I feel totally and completely like myself and not that I have to um, try to acclimate to someone else's opinion of who I'm supposed to be?
1: Oh, that's great. I love that. And it's true. The symbology of the nakedness is perfect.
0: Right. So our next one is another dream. And this person says, I had an amazing and healing dream a month or so ago that I had to share. Fear is a big hurdle in my life, and I've historically been terrified to be in cars that are on highways or bridges, among other things. In my dream, I was forced to drive across an insane bridge and then climb down into an ocean. I was paralyzed with intense terror the whole time. When I entered the water, which I can only describe as a stampede of hundreds or thousands of dolphins swimming very fast all around me. I was in the middle of this dolphin stampede. They looked a little different from dolphins I picture, a darker gray with a stubbier nose, which makes me think they weren't just an image my brain conjured up. Some whales were mixed in too. Dolphins and whales are spirit animals of mine and have appeared in dream work before. I was scared and exhilarated at the same time. It was beyond intense and amazing. My clear knowing was this will wash away my fear. As the stampede faded down, a mermaid who was mixed in with the dolphins swam by and touched my hand. We made eye contact and she had the most intense piercing blue eyes I've ever seen. They were unlike any human eye or color I've ever seen. It was otherworldly. The best part is somehow I'm not scared to be a passenger on the highway anymore. The anxiety has seemed to disappear. I'm also less fearful in other day-to-day situations. I'm curious if this dolphin stampede or this mermaid with the heavenly eyes has appeared in others' dreams. Well, this is a beautiful, beautiful share. And, you know, thank you to whoever sent this in, because I do think that our spirit animals can help us overcome things, deal through, deal with maybe uh, conundrums in our life or fears in our life. And when we're more receptive in the dream state, they're able to come in and work with us in a way that we may not be as receptive to in our day to day life. I also think that the the clarity of the piercing blue eyes and the feeling and the just and dolphins and whales are, are beautiful, beautiful uh, creatures to work with on an energetic level. What do you think?
1: I think this is amazing. I have heard about dolphins being able to come to us and help us heal from things and dreams because they work so much with the subconscious level, but they also have that fun, playful, everything's going to be okay energy. And I say, you know, clearly dolphin is part of her animal guide team, right? But I feel like also the fact that it worked, what else do you need to know, right? The anxiety is gone. The dolphins did their job and the mermaid too. I, I just think it's beautiful the way our the way our mind can work to help us heal.
0: And it's another thing that popped in is how many people do therapeutic healing sessions with dolphins for different things. There's a, an incredible woman. She uh, took her daughter for a healing session and they were in this pool with these dolphins and the dolphins work energetically with the people in a healing modality.
1: Oh, I love that. All right. Our next one says, I recently recognized and came to an understanding of one of my spiritual gifts, and I'd like some advice or tips from you both. I've always known I'm claircognizant in some way, but I've come to an understanding that one of the specific things I tend to know about people is how their subconscious beliefs are playing out consciously. I recently reached out to someone in my life who I have not been too keen on in the past, and we've been doing a shadow book simultaneously. I thought it would be a good way to bond and a good way for me to understand her more, as it only takes a few conversations for me to get a deep understanding of someone and their trauma. What I realized, though, is that I pick up on habits, trauma, behavior that is subconscious. I have an understanding that my ego comes into play when I'm not validated on my clear knowing. I can see now that most people are unaware and not conscious of their subconscious. So I must understand my own knowing and not try to get anyone to become aware of something they are not yet ready to deal with. It has been such a validating awareness that I've come to, as I can now see why I get frustrated and sometimes even doubt myself when I'm met with defensiveness and denial. This is also a reminder to remain humble and full of love and compassion for those who are not aware of what I'm picking up on. I'd love any comments you have on this, as well as any advice for me to keep my ego from getting in the way. Also, how do you deal with people in everyday situations where we have such a clear knowing, but don't have any additional proof to defend it? Well, I think that's one of the hard things about claircognizance is you just have this knowing, but you don't have a way of really understanding how you know what you know. And I think when we hold up a mirror for people for things in their life that they're not ready to deal with, or at least have reflected back to them in such a, such a clear, obvious way, it can, it can make people feel very vulnerable and, and defensive. And so I think this listener is right. You need to keep this information to yourself. The way I use any information I may get about things people are dealing with that they don't want to talk about, I just use it to expand my compassion for them and to help understand that, yeah, you know, we all have a story and we've all walked our own path. And this might be why that person is difficult for this listener to deal with. And so I use it more as a tool for me to help get along with other people in my life. I don't think you have to prove or defend what you're picking up when you're not trying to pass it on to that person, right? Because if someone isn't coming to you and asking you for your insight, I, I just don't think we should ever share it. Do you agree with that?
0: I agree. I agree because we don't know if someone is in a place to be ready for what we want to share. It may Tip them upside down, or it may be a lifeline, but that's not our decision to make. And I think that that's a huge, huge thing. You were very articulate with what you just shared; that was beautiful. And I, you know, was thinking about when this person—they've been working on a shadow book simultaneously. That alone speaks volumes of of what you're going to be picking up on with trauma and grief and habits. But also, if this person is very clear cognizant, I'm sure they're they're on some level, reading the energy, reading the auric field of the other person. So to me, it's the same category of you don't do the drive-by readings where you just jump people with what's coming through. Um, But I do think this is beautiful, as the person mentioned, a a beautiful validating awareness that what they are getting is accurate and, and potentially helpful when people are receptive.
1: Right. But until they are, and until they request it, just keep it to yourself.
0: Right. And the the part about not having any proof to defend it, that I think you and I live with every time we do a reading, we'll yeah. bring something through and we'll, it's as real and true as you are and I are talking right now, but that's why we always have that disclaimer subject to change and free will is because it is. And what we're bringing through is our, our where the I have started referring to myself as a hand puppet. I'm just a hand puppet now and it comes through me and I share what comes through. But I think if someone said, well, how do you know that? I, I couldn't give them a, a, a valid reason.
1: Right. Right. Or people will say, how did you get that? Did you see it? Did you hear it? Did you feel it? And I'm like all of it. Like, is, isn't that hard when they ask you for specifics?
0: Right. For anyone who is doing this work or you're you're increasing your intuition or you're working more closely with spirit, building confidence in what you're getting from spirit and always being able to say, well, it's what's coming through and I trust spirit is a huge, huge stepping stone for you to get more confident and more comfortable with sharing messages with other people. Well said. Okay. Well, our next one, a little bit different track. I love this episode from September 4th, and I made a mental note to share my ofrenda with you both when the time came. Through a few years of research and ancestry DNA, I have found that my ancestors came from the Nuevo Leon area of Mexico. I'm a fifth generation Mexican-American and have tried to find out as much as I can about my ancestors since I was very young. I'm sure you both know how our previous generations are big on secrets. So it has been difficult to find answers. I started making an ofrenda in 2015, and back then I only had a few photos to start with. After lots of research, reading through digitized records, emails, phone calls with librarians from all over Texas, as well as older family members I've never met, I've built a pretty large ofrenda now. Because of your show in September, I set up a separate ofrenda for All Saints Day, November 1st, and All Souls Day. November 2nd. I added beloved lost pets and a few people who we've loved like family this year. I put out their favorite snacks, games, things they like to do while they were here to visit us for the night. My grandma loved playing bingo and made her living sewing, a pack of cigarettes for all my uncles to have a smoke together, some good Mexican beer and tequila, pan dulce, sweet bread, along with coffee, tea, and Mexican hot chocolate. As I learn about more ancestors and I keep bugging people for photos, I hope to grow it even more. We may have to move it outside next year. I tell my daughter, even if we've never met them, their essence is still with us. We're alive today because of their struggles, their happiness, and their hard work. We honor them every year and ask them to send us their wisdom and pray for us from the other side. On your show, you talk about generational trauma, which I have no doubt my ancestors faced, especially those that did everything they could to make it to the United States, gain work, create a family, and work hard. I see their ability to withstand trauma is built within me and is now helping me in my current situation. They remind me every day that I can make it because they did. Oh, that is a beautiful story. And I absolutely love, you know, that they're doing the research and finding the people and what did they like... It goes along that same line of we always say in mediumship, you know, paint them back to life, bring their essence back, let people feel their person in the room again for a minute. And that's exactly what this sounds like. And there's so much right now. I don't know if you found this as well, but it's coming up a lot in readings and in conversations with folks that many, many people who are incarnate on the planet right now seem to have made some kind of a familial agreement or pact or contract or whatever verbiage you're comfortable with to say it ends with me, I'll do the work. And I'll send that healing back. And this is a beautiful, beautiful example of that.
1: It really is. And I and I love how she says to her daughter, like, even though we don't know them, they're still here. And they're still with us and watching over us. I might have shared this story before, but when my youngest was first born, she was sleeping in a bassinet next to our bed. And I woke up one night and I was not dreaming. I sat up in bed. There was a little man, he was short, shorter than me, and he was singing a lullaby to her in in Gaelic. And I had a friend who spoke Gaelic because he was from Ireland, so I recognized the language. I couldn't understand the words he was singing. And he looked over at me and he put his fingers to his mouth and went, shh and then disappeared. And I wondered for a long time like who that was. And a couple of years after that, we were at my sister-in-law's for a holiday. We were just going through the family albums one night, and I saw a photo, an old photo. It was my father-in-law's first communion picture. And standing with him were his parents and his grandparents, and it was the, the grandfather who'd come from Ireland. That was him. Wow, That would be Chloe's great-great-grandfather or great-grandfather. I don't know. But even that far back, they're still watching over us.
0: I think that there is, and you've heard me yammer on about this incessantly, how we can all go back to, we can all follow the trail back. And the fact that this person could go back five generations so quickly and so strongly and find out different things and get stories and do research, I think that's fascinating. I do too. And, and important. It is it is important. And it's also, what I love very much about this is it's not just focusing on the negative of the trauma. It's the celebration of who these people were, because we I think we need to remember that when we're doing any kind of ancestral work or healing work is try to think about some of the positives in their life rather than just that, we oh, we inherited this trauma. There's so much more.
1: I agree 100%. Okay, our next one is a suggestion of some books and movies we can watch to connect with nature. So you guys might want to get a pen and paper. Those listeners said, what an inspiring episode you did on nature and the hidden folk. I wanted to offer a few places in literature and books that children, teens, and adults can use to nurture their sense of connection with nature. For young boys and girls, Herb Fairies Book Collection It's got one fairy for each month and the herb it's connected to. Oh, that's so cute. I wonder if it's like one of those book subscriptions where it comes in the mail. All right, so that's Herb Fairies. The next one she recommends is Animal Speak by Ted Andrews. Oh, we love that one, don't we? Uh, She says to use it in combination with the app Merlin from Cornell Labs to identify which birds are speaking to you on walks and hikes. That's cool. That's a good app. For younger girls, she recommends the Disney movie Pocahontas and Brave. Oh yeah, Brave is such a great movie. She talks about the little blue fairies called the Will-O-Wisp that lead Merida on her life path. And then she recommends The Two Towers by Tolkien and C.S. Lewis's The Chronicles of Narnia, which takes it for granted that animals talk with humans. And the movie also includes the wind as a female spirit who brings news before the big battle scene at the end great suggestions. Thank you for sending those in. It's always so nice to have books and movies and shows that you can share with your kids to remind them that we really are all connected and that nature is always trying to talk to us. hundred percent. And a
0: lot of these are classics that have been around for so long, which I think that makes it really even a little more fun because you it may be, I mean, I read the Chronicles of Narnia a hundred years ago and The Two Towers by Tolkien. And I mean, maybe it's just kind of fun that a lot of these are
1: things that have been around for quite a while. It really is. Okay, before we dive into the rest of the questions, Denise, you have a great new program coming up and a little sale. Do you want to talk about that?
0: I do. I, for Many people have taken the intuitive Tarot class with me over the years and have asked me to make it something that would be downloadable they could work at their own pace so i have done that and it is about two and a half hours of videos there's hundreds of handouts and cheat sheets and i walk you through the major arcana the minor arcana symbolism um, numerology all of the aspects tips and techniques different layouts and if you go to my website thegratefulmessenger.com you'll find the link and you can follow that through. But I'd like to offer everyone, you know, half price just and you can gift it to someone else if you like when you are checking out if you'd like to gift someone else. So if you put in the code cards, C-A-R-D-S as a coupon, it will take 50% off. So it's usually $97 and it'll be $49. So if you're looking for a little treat for yourself or a treat for someone else, and that will be valid until December 31st of 2023. The other thing, and this isn't the last two years, I've offered a mentorship program, which originally started out mediumship, but you know how things grow and evolve in a new direction. If anyone's interested and would like more information on that, you can uh, send me an email, Denise at The Grateful Messenger, and I'll also have a link on my site with more information about that. And that's a six-month intensive program, where i work one-on-one with people we do small groups we do practices and we explore a multitude of topics i think the last two years we've talked about mediumship shamanic work uh core shamanism work the akashic records blending with spirit how to go into trance i mean it, it really we get together at the beginning and decide what the group would like to explore and learn about but it's kind of cool because I also include the people from the other groups. So the first year and the second year for practice sessions with the new group. So it's it's a lot of fun. It really is. Oh, that's awesome. I
1: love both of those things. Well, thank you. Okay, should we dive back in? We should. And our next one is, I was raised in a rural
0: area in the Deep South during the 1960s and have always known I was different. I enjoyed your podcast on dreams and wanted to tell you one of my dreams. I dreamt that I met my dog Tiberius in the astral plane, and he was so happy to see me and show off the house he'd built. It was a little cottage house he designed himself. The front yard, half of it was dirt and half of it was grass. He felt this design was very clever so he could enjoy both the the grass and the dirt. Inside the house, there was a couch facing a huge picture window so we could look at the outside. The neighboring houses had other animals in them, and that's where they chose to live. They came out to visit with me, and we actually spoke to each other telepathically. Most of the dogs gave me the impression that they were not simply waiting for us at the rainbow bridge to cross. They were actually very busy. Apparently, they work in a field where they assist us, I heard words like concierge and ambassador and liaison when they were describing their jobs to me. I believe they try to show us the ropes and help us as we cross over. While I was outside speaking with Tiberius and his neighbors, I looked up on the front porch and saw an avatar that looked a lot like myself. It had my hair, my sweatpants I wear around the house, my big fuzzy blue robe, and my white t-shirt. I asked Tiberius about this avatar and he smiled sheepishly, And said, I like it. She sits on the couch and scratches my neck just right and puts ice cubes in my water bowl. I enjoyed those things. I woke up knowing this was not simply a dream. These thoughts did not come from my mind. I always just thought our animals were over there waiting for us to come over and then they could be happy. I never thought about them having a job and being completely without us. I was very self-centered in my thoughts. I never told anybody about this dream. As you say, Denise, you can't make this shit up. And I do say that on a a regular basis. (laughs) Um, Wow. I've never had any experience like this, but that's that's an incredible, I I don't want to even call it a dream.
1: I know. It sounds like a visit, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. It does. Well, you know, you and I have said many times when we've done readings, it comes across that our loved ones have jobs on the other side. So it would make sense that our loved four-legged friends would too.
0: I mean, we've both done so many readings where we'll bring through people, we'll connect with someone's spirit, and then someone will say, well, I really just want to know if my dog is okay. Or do you see my cat or my horse? Because I think for some people, their connection with their animals is as strong, if not stronger than with some humans in their life, it
1: would make sense that there would be more for them as well. It really does. Well, thank you. I know you didn't share it with anyone, but we thank you for sharing it with us. Yes. Okay, our next one says, last week my son Otto was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes on November 14th, World Diabetes Day. It was a very scary experience as his blood sugar was really high. He was so calm during his hospital stay. I, on the other hand, was trying my best not to worry, or at least show that I was feeling anxious about this new life change. As I waited for him to fall asleep, I prayed that God would send angels to protect him and our family. Almost instantly, the name Raphael popped into my head. So I looked up Archangel Raphael and discovered he's the angel sent to heal, sent to heal the, the ill and medical workers. I could sleep well that night knowing we are protected." Oh wow. So our prayers continue to go out to you and your son Otto. I love that you had this this validation that yes, your prayer was answered. Raphael is, you know, on his way and surrounding Otto and your whole family with healing energy. Isn't that beautiful? It
0: really is. And the validation of looking up Archangel Raphael and getting that it is for protection and healing.
1: Mhm. Yeah. Beautiful. There's a beautiful story about Raphael. It's only in the Catholic edition of the Bible. It's in the St. Joseph Bible, but you can just Google the book of Tobit. And it talks about how Raphael came to heal a blind man. It's a, it's a lovely story. And it tells a lot more about Raphael because he's not, you know, he's just not as well known as Gabriel or Michael. True. He's still in the club though. He is. He definitely is. (laughs) Uh, Our
0: next one. I was diagnosed with acute myeloid leukemia on November 3rd. I'd been ill since the early summer, which I ignored, and went to urgent care to get a prescription for antibiotics. I finally went to see my primary care doctor, who referred me to a hematologist. The hematologist did a bone marrow biopsy, and the leukemia was discovered. Since the leukemia is in an acute phase, treatment had to be started as soon as possible, because the malignant cells are reproducing at a faster rate than the good cells, which then kills the good cells. I was severely anemic and requiring a blood transfusion multiple times a week. Diagnosis to treat was 14 days, and I had to beg to get five days to get things in order. On our drive to the hospital, I saw two huge hawks sitting side by side on a power line. It's uncommon for me to see them like this, but I thought double positive energy letting me know that I made the right decision to come to this particular hospital for treatment. As we continued to drive out of Indiana towards Ohio, I saw one hawk sitting in a tree, another gliding overhead, and another on a post. As we were leaving Ohio and entering Kentucky, I saw two hawks gliding side by side in front of us. It was wonderful, powerful, and reinforcing that the path we chose for treatment was the right path. We saw a few more hawks once in Kentucky and on our way to Lexington. On December 13th, I was admitted to the Markey Cancer Center at the University of Kentucky to begin my treatment journey. It was around 3 p.m. on my first day when I looked out the window and saw a hawk that looked like he rolled off the top of a 12-story building down and in front of my 11th floor window. Breathtaking is an understatement of the experience, and I knew those hawks were there to guide me for the long haul. The hawks only can come out when I get out of bed. If I stay in bed all day, I won't see a hawk all day. If I get out of bed, I'll see, one, I'll see a few each time. I have some favorite nurses, and I ask them about seeing the hawks. They look puzzled and surprised at me and said, I've never seen a hawk outside the windows on the 11th floor. I wondered for a minute if I was going crazy, but then remembered that my kids and husband saw the hawks also. I asked for different staff members and received the same response from all four people. No, I've never seen a hawk outside these windows, even making comments that the location of the university would not be a place that you would see hawks. Well, you and I both know this person very dearly, and we love him dearly. And please, please send prayers, good energy, Reiki, healing, not only to our dear friend, but also to anyone else that you know that is being challenged medically right now. The, the Hawks, I, I I think I shared this. I shared this. I had responded to, to Rod, and I had uh, said that when I was in a really difficult situation, there was a hawk that used to sit outside, like really, really close. Like I'd walk out the front door and the hawk would be right there. And I was trying to make some big decisions. And there wasn't even a hawk that should have lived in that part of the country. So I think that hawks are huge, huge messengers from spirit. And I love, love, love that they're there to help, help Rod and, and his family get through this challenge.
1: I do, too, because, you know, and the hawk reminds us to be strong, to have that strength. And that's what that's the message I feel it's bringing to him and his family, that he's got that strength and support all around him. And, you know, he's he's such a lover of crystals. I love his shop. Two crazy crystal guys. Uh, Please support it. I know that he's going to be surrounded by love, support, and healing through this journey, but we would ask that any listeners who have some time, if you want to send Reiki or any healing positive energy to him, we would greatly appreciate it.
0: Yes. and I have another dear friend who is uh, working through a challenging health situation, and her optimism is off the chain. She's doing the traditional treatment, Western medicine, but she's also really opening up to energy work and shamanic work and all of the different modalities and her numbers are going down exponentially. So please know that when you do send good healing energy or you do that work yourself, it makes a difference. It really, really does. And we're not medical people. We're not giving any medical advice. But I I keep thinking about we have a lot of people in our listening audience that are you have small groups or you have, you know, power of eight or you have uh, you meet together to practice mediumship. Maybe taking a few minutes during your circle and sending healing energy to other folks would really, really help right now.
1: Oh, a great idea. It, It can never hurt. That's for Sure. I love Dr. Bernie Siegel's book, Love, Medicine, and Miracles. He's a a cancer doctor and he just shares stories of how people's positivity and support and great energy has just changed the original diagnosis they were given. It's really about the power of the mind. It's, It's a very inspiring book. So if you haven't read it, I recommend anyone who's dealing with that or know someone is dealing with that to check out that book, Love Medicine and Miracles.
0: Well, and I'll make sure all of the books that we mentioned in the show today are, are in the show notes. But I just have to jump back to Rod's story for one second.
1: The 11th story. I know. I mean, come on, people. <laughs> you can't make that shit up, right, Denise? That's right.
0: You can't. And he sent he sent us a picture, and it's like, oh my goodness! They're they're circling right around outside the window. It's amazing.
1: It really is, absolutely beautiful. I know so many people right now who are dealing with stuff like this, and so your reminder to take a minute, whether it's with your your prayer group, your book club, your power of eight group, your medium sir, sir, your mediumship circle, or just with your own. Your own self sitting out on your deck. Any any time we can we can take in our day to send that positive energy out, I think is super needed. I agree. And
0: it could be helping someone that we will never meet, we'll never have any connection with. But um that's it makes it even better, I think.
1: Yeah, I agree. Because it's more, it's more pure, the the intent of that energy. It's not. I know sometimes when I pray for people I love and care about, I feel like my prayer energy is kind of desperate, you know, like, please, please help them. Whereas if I'm praying for someone, I don't know, it's just a pure energy of giving that uh, healing energy and making that request for more healing energy to be surrounding them.
0: And I just want to add one little quick thing is this is something we can all do. It's not that you're a Reiki practitioner or a healer, or you do cranial sacral or you do readings this is just your your natural ability that we all have to connect with spirit in whatever way works for you and send that healing out love it
1: great reminder Well, thank you, everyone, for taking the time to listen to us. We really appreciate you joining our community. And remember, if you want to send in a story or a question, you can always email us, enlightenedempaths at gmail.com. We hope you have a great rest of your week. Please remember to show up, do great work, and share your light. Take care.